What's going on, everybody? I am here with Miss Alyssa Cantu, one of my favorite people in the world, always love talking to, always smiling. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We've already had a lot of fun so far. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, you've been training uh, martial arts for a while. You've transitioned into the fitness world, you are a coach, you have your own business, and you're coaching other martial arts. So we kind of have uh, a lot in common as business owners, as martial artists. And um, yeah, I just want you to share your experience a little bit and kind of see where it goes. But tell me, like, how did you get started in jujitsu and and then moving into the cage yourself and now cornering some uh, pretty big people in the cage as well? Tell yeah, me about it. Definitely. Um, so I actually went to school at Sam Houston State in Huntsville. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, uh, I was still doing Taekwondo, and mm -hmm. Taekwondo is not very cool in college. I, I've uh, I learned. Yeah, but it's awesome when you're nine. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I was like, I guess nobody breaks boards anymore. Like, <laughs> what um, does the world come to? I know. And so I actually had a friend of mine who did mixed martial arts, and he was from up north. And so I was like, well, I guess that's the next thing I should transition to. Mm -hmm. um, and I got lucky that Colin Contrell had. Um, an MMA program there. The team was Death Row MMA. I remember. And there were five of us, I think, maybe. It's a hell of a um, name for a family uh, school. I mean, well, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> um, actually, not to go off the stories, but when I went to Sam Houston, um, I didn't realize how close the prisons were. Right. Uh, the walls unit where they execute people is literally almost on campus and really? so the first time i heard like the changing of the guard like the bells yeah i was like we have lunch bells in college like i was very confused <laughs> so i was like no that's the walls unit and i was like where i thought that was the library and it oh, was oh man so it was very interesting to go to school there yeah um, the lights didn't dim like when they were uh, putting the green mile the yeah. <laughs> no that's not funny at all it's, it's not. super dark I know, I should, sorry <laughs> Um, so anywho, um, that's kind of how I got started into mixed martial arts was I met Colin Contrell and, um, just started training with his team. Mm. Um, from there I had one fight and it was my like tryout fight to get into legacy. Uh, -huh. uh and then immediately after that I shipped off to the army. <laughs> nice. Uh, came back, I lost some weight, mm. um, and we moved to Houston. So, uh, I was not going to Huntsville anymore. So he introduced me to Bob Perez. Right. And I was at Four Ounce for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, still training there. And actually, my wife worked for Professor Miguel. Okay. It was her yeah. internship for her senior year of college. Yeah. And she, you know, I was going to Four Ounce and she was at Team Took Cyprus. And she was like, you know, you should come here uh, and train with me or at least learn some jujitsu or something. We have <laughs> Muay Thai as well. Yeah. And so I ended up going there and realized I know no jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And I had a fight lined up. And was so uh, the rule was I had to train in the gi for six months before I could fight. No. And I was like, what? That's like, ridiculous. You wear these pajamas. Like, I'm an MMA fighter already. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, but I, I was a student and I understood. And so I actually fell in love with jiu-jitsu. Um, well, that's kind of where I started. Well, I think that says a lot, too, about 
um, being open-minded, which is a challenge for people, I guess just different personality types when they first start, is we tend to formulate an opinion on how to do the thing that we don't yet know how to do. You know, it's like, well, we see it, we see a couple of people, and then we get an idea of like, well, okay, I know how to train. I need to train this and this, and I'm going to knock everyone out. Mm-hmm. And um, I had my bias when I began too, but it was in reverse because I was first exposed to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So it was all like Hoist Gracie and, you know, we're the gi and he was winning those early UFCs. And, you know, nowadays, if you put a gi on and go in without knowing much, uh, much striking and just kind of throw that like Gracie kick and try to come in, you're going to get knocked out in no time. Right. And when I had my I had one, you know, one fight and my one and only fight was the majority of it was focused on. Get, making sure that I'm not going to get knocked out in my fight because mm-hmm. obviously my guy knew I was going to try to take him down mm-hmm. so I had to work on the striking part but um so what was it like to to kind of see the other world because I I always tell people like the longer I train the less I feel like I know of all there is to know you know no exactly um I remember being at four ounce and we were I think I sparred like maybe one of the first couple days and I was like oh my goodness like I think someone got in my side control and I had no idea how to get up so I was like okay there's a significant weakness here uh so when I first started training in the gi um it was awkward it was I was claustrophobic I like I hated it Mm -hmm. but like I understood why I was there and so I think from there I wasn't just somebody who I knew I could knock out a girl like you know I knew that like, I could escape from my back or I could you know take her down if I needed to uh, so it really opened my eyes to how much is involved in mixed martial arts like you know you have your favorite art or the one that you're more skilled in but there's so many dynamic and aspects to the sport that like, yeah it really opened my mind to like how much I didn't know at all yeah I think every fighter is going to have sort of their go-to the the part that they that they love the most like they it's their first love whether it be the striking the grappling or if they come from a wrestling background um but the the high level athletes they they have to go out and acquire skills in all the different dimensions even if they're going to try to win with their plan a Mm -hmm. but that doesn't happen every single fight Mm -hmm. it rarely happens in a you know in a championship fight where the other person knows everything about your plan a and your plan b Mm -hmm. so you have to really know what to expect you know coming from that um well you compete a lot in jujitsu like gi competitions as well what is besides getting punched and kicked like what is the difference in like how uh, you approach the the training for that and I'll, I'll say specifically the conditioning since that's become a big part of your expertise in the business that you're in um as far as like, what's the difference between the mma and just jujitsu training yeah like like um yeah the conditioning because i mean there's <laughs> there's the gripping and then there's more yeah. singularly focused on the style definitely um i think with mixed martial arts as far as like the cage fighting itself there's so many different like energy systems that get used you know i have to be able to be powerful so my fast twitch muscles have to be able to fire fast but i also have to last the entire fight um so i also have to have really high long endurance um i also have to be strong but i have to be fast so i can't put on a lot of muscle because you know so as far as training that I really tried to develop a system where it was just very fight specific um, because I used to be a CrossFitter. I used to be an Olympic weightlifter. Then I went to powerlifting. And so I feel like kind of 
playing with those training programs and competing in those things, I kind of just picked and chose like what I could do, mm-hmm. um, like the best of all of them. Um, so a lot of my training, you know, if it's a five minute round, we're going to train for six or seven minutes of as hard as we can and then kind of taper off from there. Um, so some examples of a workout is I might have somebody push a really heavy sled and then have to run back and then maybe farmer carry and then do like repetitive box jumps. So I'm using, you know, my strength, I'm being explosive, but I also have to be very winded to complete the whole six minute round. Um, so it's very specific to, to that being able to strike and get up and have endurance. Um, but as far as jujitsu goes, it's, a little bit different in the sense I'm either going to be laying down or I'm in a really close quarter with someone. So it's a lot of it is just uh, a lot more flexibility and mobility, mm-hmm. um, a lot of grip strength and a lot of core strength. Like the minute your core breaks, like it just kind of <laughs> goes, falls apart from there. Yeah. Um, so it's just a little bit different, a little more cardio intensive for jujitsu as well. Right. I was, I had um, Dr. Lou on and we were talking about like, uh, common injuries just in different sports and and every sport has um, the things that you're more likely to uh, the areas where you're more likely to be injured mm-hmm. and we tend to think of jujitsu as being very good for you and it is I mean it's great mm-hmm. for your fitness for your cardio it's very well rounded in terms of using your whole body but you're not evenly stretching and bending in every direction we tend to be balled up so mm-hmm. I feel like that's where some shoulder injuries happen right. legs are always doing like cut through passes yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. and um, do you do anything specific to strengthen those sort of more vulnerable areas of the sport definitely uh lots of yoga yeah i'm a big fan of hot yoga (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh yes i love hot yoga um i also really got into uh move nat i don't know if you've heard of what is it called move nat move nat Mm -hmm. like an like a fly nat m-o-v-n-a-t oh n-a-t probably like move naturally is probably what they okay that just makes a lot more sense Um, i actually got into move nat uh when i had a knee injury in jujitsu i tore my medial and lateral meniscus and so on the rehab um side I couldn't really do much weightlifting or much cutting Um, and it was really just a lot of animal type crawls uh, lots of I actually had just a two by four at the gym and I would just walk on it barefoot to kind of get you know retrain my feet to be barefoot and Mm -hmm. um, different stability muscles Um, really used a lot of parallettes and pull-up bars so a lot more gymnastics type based movements Um, really developing my core uh, my shoulder mobility my hip mobility my ankle mobility you know all those things are tight when you're you know striking and when you're lifting weights but in jujitsu like you don't know what position you're going to be folded in or trying to escape from so um, just really training in awkward positions and kind of a you know, sometimes I would press with like one weight heavier than the other or do Turkish get-ups with one weight heavier than the other mm-hmm. um, just because it's a very imbalanced sport. So you should kind of train that way as well. Yeah, to be prepared you know? for the unexpected. <laughs> I, um, I'm I'm very happy that more and more people are talking about yoga integrated mm-hmm. into their training because I think for years it was an activity designed to help older or slower people or people that are just trying to do something because they haven't been very active and when you're younger uh, an injury or an imbalance doesn't affect you nearly as much Mm -hmm. but that adds up over the years and then when you when you start to get a little bit older these injuries tighten and trying to teach your body to stretch in a way that it can only do when you were mm-hmm. a kid uh, is more challenging. I think that's why people quit doing it. There's a patience issue too. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, 
I mean, that's why it's beneficial to fighters is because how long does it take to become an expert in martial arts? You're not going to do it in nearly the time it takes to get into shape. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to take years. So, um, so you've, you've done like a ton of things I'll say you you know <laughs> martial arts I don't have a good word for that but um like powerlifting uh gi nogi MMA yoga and now you have your own your own facility grindhouse fitness what what prompted you to take that route well I am a part of Team Took, so it's kind of an unknown thing that once you've been here for so long, you have to become an entrepreneur. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sort of true. (laughs) No, um, from the business side, um, you know, being mentored under you and Professor Miguel, it was kind of just like, well, that's the next thing that I'm going to do with my life was I, you know, you guys really took me under your wing as far as teaching me how to do sales and teaching me you know how to run a school and I actually had the privilege of helping Professor Miguel run his school for so long um, that it just kind of felt like you know the next step and an opportunity arose for uh, Dusty who's my business partner and I to just kind of take it and make it our own Um, but I was not expecting for it to become what it has become and I'm like so grateful for all the people that I've met Um, you know we started as just kind of a fitness facility just kind of general population group fitness um, more hit style we did CrossFit um, and then slowly we kind of branched to you know Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting and strongman Um, and then you know adding the mixed martial arts was the next step Um, and I've just been doing that since you know I think this is the first time it's both of my passions have merged and I'm able to kind of be at one place and have the best of everything that I love. Right. Um, what's been what's been the hardest thing so far? I, like for example, I was doing um, a career day at a school the other day, and I was telling the kids like my least favorite expression is. Um, find what you love and you'll never work a day in, another day in your life, which I completely disagree with. It's right. like, find what you love so you can work twice as much as you would a job that you don't love because yeah. you're going to be working like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing this, like we started my dad's garage. There were a lot of several years of just kind of survival and then some peaks where I'm like, Oh, I, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then drop offs where it's like, oh, maybe I don't, you know, and, and then being humbled by it, much in the way I would compare to martial arts, mm-hmm. kind of getting to certain belt levels. Sometimes, you know, blue, purple, brown, you start to think like, oh, I, I know quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing it, you're exposed to this expansive world where it shows you like how much more there is. But what is, I mean, you're doing, you're you're killing it now. And it looks like you've, you've done really well. But I, I always like to ask, like when I talk to the business owners, cause I know the dirty side yeah. of like <laughs> making it work. What's been, what have been some of the biggest challenges? Um, I would say not getting probably the, the ego, like just trying to keep that in check to like not get overwhelmed with how much work I have, but not also get to the point where I'm like, aha, look at all this stuff I have, you know, um, because owning a business is the hardest thing in the world. And I think as a being in the fitness industry, being a female in the fitness industry and a female in the MMA industry, I feel like sometimes I have to work twice as hard because I don't have big giant muscles and, you know, I also just, pretty quiet unless you get me in this kind of position (laughs) you know so it I think that's been kind of one of my struggles is sometimes feeling like I don't quite fit in or I feel like I haven't quite 
made it yet or mm. making sure that I'm taken seriously. I think yeah. has been probably my biggest thing is, you know, like, who's this five foot three female training heavyweight Derek Lewis? You know, like there was a lot I think I had to prove to myself. Right. But there was also that part of me that was like, you know what to do. Like, it's not for anybody except for you and Derek. You know, like this is this is your job. This is what you do. Like this other stuff doesn't matter. So just kind of, you know, quieting that voice in my head. Yeah. Um, I think also dealing with people who are like, you own a gym, you must work out every day. Like, like <laughs> cleaning toilets sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, no. They'll say like, you're so, so lucky. Hard. You just wake up and work out and get yeah. paid. And, and that's, that's all, all you, you do. do. I was like, yeah, it's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I do all day. I'll get that too. They're like, man, you just teach class and go home. I'm like, yeah, it's totally it's all I do. <laughs> it's totally the best. There's nothing else to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you bring up a really good point that um, being, a, being a woman entrepreneur in the fitness world, which for many years was dominated by the presence of athletic men. I mean, call it what you want. That's how it's been historically. And now it's becoming um, a lifestyle that a lot of people are embracing. But you still have a culture of athletic men who come from a background of football or intense sports where it's very much like a, a locker room full of dudes who are just, you know, chanting. And like you said, you have the challenge of maybe you you know somebody sees your ad and they come in and it's a it's a big dude and then they they might have a bias or a preconceived mm-hmm. notion like you're my trainer like mm-hmm. you need to be this tall and 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 yeah. bench this much so do you just like put them through hell until they're crying to prove your point like how do you uh, do with it the, <laughs> there you go i can't confirm or deny that i do that no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, i have done that uh usually for the most part like once we get to talking they're like oh okay or Honestly, having an MMA fight and training MMA helps a lot because they're like, oh, wait, you you get punched in the face? Yeah. Like, then it, you know, the tone changes. But uh, I have had some of those. And usually with big, strong guys, you just make them, like, do some mobility stuff. And mm-hmm. then, then that ego comes down. I'm like, okay, well, cool. Like, touch your toes. Right. Like, something super <laughs> simple. And they're like, ugh. You know, there's, nobody, but there's no weight involved. Yeah, wait, I can't. I can't do this like simple movement you're asking me to do. So then, kind of the you know the conversation can be held. But it, it has ho- happened you know multiple times. But for the most part, you know at Grindhouse we have just a really tight knit community, and yeah. so. Well, I think yeah. your attitude is the reason why you're so successful. Because if you were to take that, well, I think any business owner. If you start taking anything personally, you're done. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because you're going to deal with opinions of of you and mm-hmm. what you're doing that are not favorable or they're just people going to have judgments and you have to not just accept that but sort of I think smile in the face of it like okay. oh this is good this means I'm I'm reaching enough people mm-hmm. to invite some people that might not like me yes, for definitely. whatever reason that was probably one of the hardest things I remember my our first year of opening I don't know how many times I cried over the phone with uh, Dusty like I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> like someone canceled and it must be me like you know it's like no it had nothing to do with me it was like their schedule or their finances like you know so uh, it took me a while but now I kind of just accept it and roll with it and I'm like well at least I'm on someone's mind so yeah yeah cool. <laughs> oh the the tears of business owners oh, and yes. you don't get to go to your boss no, you're the boss you are the boss you get to cry to yourself you gotta show back up oh that's so familiar <laughs> but it's worth it it and, is and I don't think it's for everybody um like made the joke like oh i've been in team took you have to be a business owner (laughs) i love i love seeing people that have been involved with do their own thing but i also think it takes a person who 
sort of has that in them or has a desire stronger than the challenge that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You you know, I had moments where I was like, I'm not having f- that much fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not really enjoying it. There were temporary moments followed by waves of like, I can't believe I'm doing what, mm-hmm. I, what I love for a living. Right. But I've also known so many people over the years that throw in the towel because mm-hmm. they they just can't get over the hump or... Mm-hmm. They want. They need the consistency of uh, a regular, regular employment. Mm-hmm. They need to know the exact amount of dollar that's coming right. to them, you know, on a monthly basis, and what's expected of them on a set number of hours a week. Mm-hmm. And in our situation, not just the business owner, but mm-hmm. we're still involved in the in the thing we do, which is coaching. Right. So that means traveling, mm-hmm. and like for you now, you know, you're involved in. Um, coaching one of the biggest athletes in the biggest event of our sport, which is the UFC with Derek Lewis. And so um, I remember when I first started doing that, like with Eve Edwards and Andrew mm-hmm. Craig, it was like, it was the coolest thing in the world. I never right. imagined doing it. Mm-hmm. And it is, but it's also like, oh, I've got to leave for, I remember the, for his very first fight was in Australia. And he called Amazing. me, he, he's like, He's like, I got the call. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, UFC. I'm a replacement in the in the in the, the Australia show. This is 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're leaving on this date for 12 days. I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah. I guess we're, that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's even that's another side of it. Is like right. not just making the numbers line up for the business, but mm-hmm. like, how do you keep the you know like the passion part of it alive while having to leave it sometimes? Oh yeah, no, definitely. That was uh, I remember being on the flight to Madison Square Garden and I was answering you know answering emails and setting up appointments and texting my coaches like hey you got a new person coming in they're like aren't you in New York I'm like well yeah but we can't close down for a week yeah (laughs) yeah um they think you're tweeting about like oh I'm I'm in the corner here with this guy's like no I'm answering uh prospective emails (laughs) yeah like I, I gotta I gotta work still I have a business partner who understands how much this means to me to be part of the UFC and part of Derek's camp so you know he's really kind of stepped up when I'm you know we at least have a fight day lined up we know it's going to be a week of solid uh, traveling and time off so uh, I just kind of make sure everything's put in play and you know he kind of takes takes over from there yeah Um, but you know I think we've just both kind of really embraced what it is to own a business and then also be you know like involved in that business you know it's not just a, a t-shirt company that i run and that's my you know cool thing like i work out every day i i do strength and conditioning and then i also change into my mma gear or my gi and go train with them as well you know so I, i'm an active part of my gym as well as the owner and the coach so i think that's kind of how i keep it um as as passionate as i can now there is some times where i'm like i just need a break <laughs> yeah you know and i think taking those healthy doses of just i'm not gonna train today and that's okay right you know? I, I think it almost takes a business approach to your emotional well-being and sanity when doing it it's not just like oh i'm stressed out what am i gonna do it's like well what are the other answers out there what have other people done Mm -hmm. and you talked about uh yoga as a as a Mm -hmm. physical means to overcome injury and um longevity but that's sort of a mental break too oh for sure i actually got into yoga for meditation purposes um and then i was like man this was a really hard workout and then i was like oh this is probably going to really benefit my jujitsu so then i just became addicted and have done it ever since but i I feel like people would be surprised if they if they knew how many entrepreneurs are 
working on mindfulness in their off time because you see them like just kind of going 24 seven like machines. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not like, so like those entrepreneurs that are just killing it at at certain levels, but, but, but obviously I'm pretty busy. And when you teach, just like when I teach, you have to put on a smile Mm -hmm. and exude a certain amount of energy. Mm -hmm. You can't come in and be like, Oh God, I'm just stressed out. All right. Let's get ready. Like you just killed, you know, the energy. Um, so you keep that energy like, oh, how do you do it? It's like, well, it's a lot of like breathing, yes. sitting quietly and finding the best ways to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? No, absolutely. I think I had one uh, one incident where I had an employee who, you know, had to quit and then we kind of got into it and then like 10 minutes later I knew I had to go coach and it was just like I need to go cry for five seconds you know, <laughs> <be> okay power <laughs> like, crying yeah, power that could crying. be a new thing <laughs> um but I think also I'm a fan of making lists and that has helped as well just kind of pro- like I'm very much needed all the time by either a member or a staff member or a future member or you know a fighter or uh, somebody so Uh, I used to just think that I had to do all of it all at once, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think trying to make a list of like, okay, this one I can do today. This one doesn't make me happy. I'll push that away. Like today I really can't deal with that, you know? And just being true to myself and being mindful of like how I feel and how I know I'm going to react and how I should react. Um, And that's really helped. And honestly, like from yoga, like I learned that from yoga, how to breathe from yoga. Um, It's all just so important. Right. So, um, Let's talk about your helping uh, Derek Lewis prepare for his camps. And this is recent. You haven't been with him since the beginning mm-hmm. of his training or even his UFC career. Um, but recently you've been in his corner for several fights, his fitness coach. And um, he seems to be in, for someone who's not notoriously known as being the most, you know, uh, guy that shows up at the gym to work out every day, mm-hmm. he seems to be in better shape than I've ever seen him before. What, what's the, been the routine like with him? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so when he first came in, he had just had his knee surgery. Um, this was last summer. I think we started working together in August of last year. Um, and so he was uh, going to rehab still for his knee. Um, and it was just, I'm really close with Crew Bob. And he kind of suggested like, hey, you know, I'm going to bring Derek over. Like, let's see if, you know, if you'd want to work with him. Um, I had trained him a couple of times in the past um, before the DC fight. Um, but it was just kind of one-offs here mm-hmm. and there. Um, and so once Derek came in, you know, I was able to meet with his PT, see what his knee was like, and just kind of cross my fingers and hope that he would be okay to some, like, weird training that I have him do because it's not, you know, just machines or just powerlifting. It's a very blend of a lot of different things. Um, and we just kind of started to see his strength improve. And at the same time, he had Because he wasn't strong enough before. Right, yeah. Derek was not, wasn't strong. <laughs> I was very intimidated when he came because I was like, what? Do I even have enough weights in here for this? <laughs> like, push? Like, well, what is your max? Have that motor off that vehicle. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to push his truck. <laughs> um, but at the time, he had also hired uh, a nutritionist. So, uh, nutrition 
uh, was the person that he came in. So he was cooking for Derek. So he was steadily losing weight at the same time he was getting stronger with his leg. Uh, and then we just slowly started seeing the pounds come off. So he didn't cut for the fight in New York. He was walking around around like 265, 270. Wow. And so that was the first time that, you know, had happened. You know, he was a bigger guy. I think we started the camp at 290. Oh. You know? And, yeah. Um, he was kind of known to gas out a little bit, you know, like that's just a big guy expending so much power and energy. Like I would gas out too, you know? So I really wanted to build that endurance. Like I wanted him to be able to show people like, Hey, I'm not just a one knockout punch. Like I know how to do this stuff. Like, you know, I, I, there's so much more I have left to show you guys. Um, so that was kind of my approach was really just strengthening his legs, um, making sure his back was healthy, making sure his core was healthy and his shoulders, and then just building that power and endurance together. Yeah. Um, I, I was just thinking like what we said a moment ago about, um, when you have kind of like the meatheads that come in and maybe they're like, Oh, well, you're a you know smaller woman and, and you have to take them through the program to prove, you know, that you know what you're doing. I think now just show them the picture of like <laughs> yeah. walking. I was like, I trained this guy. Yeah. He's bigger you're than you. And all your friends yeah. together. Together. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've only dropped one piece of equipment on Derek. So like <laughs> What was it? It was a fifty pound slam ball. He was throwing it up at me and it just got sweaty and I was like it was slow motion like oh no. Hit him in the and face? No, I because it wouldn't I, hurt him. I, I hit him probably below the belt or at the waist. Like I was I was like In the sweat sure in the uh, the I'm, hot area? In the hot area. <laughs> The hot yeah. balls region. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll tag someone else in for this 50 pound ball. So it, uh, it's, it is really funny because he is so strong. And uh, we do this drill where uh, we do rotational throws with a, a big, like, 30 pound wall ball. And I think the first time we did it, you know, Crew Bob tried to catch it and you just hear, yeah. <laughs> we're like, don't catch that anymore. And then I tried to catch it and I was like, okay. So how now, do you gauge that? Because that's, that's so different than the average human being who's going mm -hmm. to be um you know moving around and throwing things around mm -hmm. i remember i, I want to ask bob this too like how he holds pads for that guy Man. when he throws kicks because i feel like uh, my buddy uh robbie rabati in austin mm -hmm. he's a big guy and he had me hold pads for him one time just for a couple of kicks and i was like i don't want to do any more because i it hurt my forearms mm -hmm. and maybe i'm being a baby but i had real concern for the bones in my forearms yes. but well not only that but derek is so tall that bob has to hold them up and out which is you know? i got so, rotator cuff issues you know, and everything like lots of shoulders so uh funny you say that i actually started to show bob some shoulder kind of mobility like with the bands i'm like you should probably do this before you hold. should warm you up know? before you hold <laughs> for this guy. yes warm right. up for his warm up man i think they've just been doing it so long like he knows how much resistance he needs to put in yeah you know, well you find that man. connection with somebody where i think in the beginning you're sorting it out but then you kind of sync up with oh this is this is your rhythm this is your power mm -hmm. and this is how i need to engage my whole body to be ready for what you're bringing right so um well this has been awesome talking with you oh. and congratulations on grindhouse fitness Thank how you. can people find you um, you can find me on the interwebs, mm. <laughs> uh, grindhousehouston.com or on Instagram, Grindhouse Fitness. All right. Go check mm -hmm. her out. Trainer of Hot Balls, Derek Lewis. <laughs> and uh, thanks for doing this. I oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you. I All appreciate right. it. See you guys. <laughs>